this whole series, Then God, really focuses on, on that. It's, okay, God, what are you doing? And, and paying attention to, to what he's doing. Our stories have these three parts. You've heard me say before, I was, then God, now I am. And we're focusing on the then God part. And there's, an, there's a part of it. There's an aspect of the then God moment that we tend to overlook or we tend to maybe even underestimate. And uh, I'll kind of explain it this way. Um, are any of you all in an, you have an HOA in your neighborhood or in your community? A hand, maybe a few of you. I made that mistake once and guess what? I'm right now in it again. And I didn't learn the first time apparently. Uh, our first time with an HOA at our, our old home when we were living in California you know, you, you've got the rules and the regulations and all that kind of stuff, and you know, we'd pay our dues and everything, and we finally got a, a letter from our HOA, and you know that if you get a letter from your HOA, it's because of one of two things. One, it's a bill, or two, it's a? Yes, it's a notice. It's a complaint. Somebody has been sneaking around the neighborhood and has found you in violation of something. And so I open up this, this note, this letter from the HOA, and uh, lo and behold, there it is, a picture of my house. I'm like, oh, wonderful. They were taking pictures of all of our houses, except there was a, a red circle around a portion of my house that my trash cans were at. And then just to continue to, and you know, all the, the, the legal uh, the, the legal terminology and wording that said how in violation I was by having my trash cans visible from the street. But I know you got to know, they were not on the sidewalk. They, they were nicely and neatly put away on the side of my house. But the HOA felt like I was in drastic violation for it, right? And, and it got me thinking where in, in all of our years as homeowners and being in HOAs uh, still, I have, I have never received something from my HOA, and, and I'll tell you, I've never received a thank you note from my HOAs, ever, ever, because out of the very few times I've been in violation with them, I do pretty good for the most part. You know, we pay our dues on time, and for the most part, we're not in violation, and I've never once gotten mail that said, thank you for being compliant to the HOAs. I've never gotten one of those, ever, and then it got me thinking, it's like, well, when when else have I never been thanked? And I, I feel like I should get thanked because I do a pretty good job. And I think of our, all the bills we have to pay, right? Now, I, I do a lot of my bills online and automated. So every now and then I get a, an automated email that says, thank you for paying your bill. That's not a legit thank you because I'm paying them. So the thank you kind of doesn't make any sense. I want like a thank you for your time. Thank you for being a great customer because I am. I've never had my mortgage company call me on the phone and says, we just wanted to call and just say thank you. Never had that happen in my life. Right? And, and you think of all the times that you really do what's right, you do the best, and we don't always get thanked for it. We love those words, though, don't we? we? Well, we like hearing those words, don't we? We love hearing, thank you. And often we, we underestimate or we overlook the impact of those two words. So let's practice. Let's practice those because, again, it's two very short, simple words. But as we're going to see in Scripture here in a moment, man, they, they make a big difference. So repeat after me, right? Thank you. You're very welcome. See, that just, it felt good. Let's try it one more time. Let's try it one more time. Ready? Man, that feels really good. I pre we should just do that the rest of this morning. No, the thank you, it, it, it makes a tremendous difference, especially in those then God moments. Because what tends to happen is on the I was sorry, on the I was side, man, I was, and you fill in the blank, and so we just pray, God, help me, God, fix this, God, I need you. We pray, we pray, we hope, we hope, and then God happens. 
and we have the now I am and we're changed. And what tends to happen is then God happens and we're like, woohoo, and we move on. Then God happens and we celebrate and we move on. We tend to neglect the thank you in the then God moments. To say then God happened and to pause, hit a timeout and say those two words. Thank you. Thank you for then God. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you've worked through this. Thank you for, for the now I am. We tend to forget the then God. And I'll tell you, we, we teach our kids. I mean, Becky and I are teaching our kids, you know, to be polite and respectful, to have good manners, please, and thank you. Yes, ma'am, no, sir. All of those, we're teaching them that because it is polite. You know, just culturally, it's a polite thing to do. And we can make the mistake of saying thank you to God and even thank you to others just because it's the polite thing to do. It most certainly is, but there's more to it. There's a deeper level of what gratitude does in us and even for us if we don't neglect it, if we don't overlook it and underestimate it. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to head to Luke 17. Luke chapter 17, we're going to pick it up in verse 11. I'll give you a second to get there. And as you're getting there, I just want you to start to see that this idea of thanks, of of giving thanks, of saying thank you is is a pretty major theme throughout the Bible, Old Testament all the way through New Testament. Let me just read off a handful of verses. I'm not going to put them on the screen. I'm just going to go through them real quick. I'm not even going to give you the references. Uh, Here in, in, in the Old Testament, we see, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Another one, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Another, I will give thanks to the Lord because of His righteousness. I will sing the praises of His name of the Lord Most High. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. Enter his gates with, do you know this one? With thanksgiving, yes, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Another, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Another one, but I will give repeated thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. I mean, are you seeing this theme, Old Testament and New Testament, this idea of of saying thank you, of giving thanks? And again, it goes beyond just It's polite. It's respectful. It is. But as we're going to see, it goes much deeper and it's much more meaningful and significant and it does something in us and for us. But we can't neglect it in those then God moments. We have to make sure we're pausing to say thank you. And that's what we're going to see happen here. We're going to pick up a story, like I said, Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Uh, Jesus, as he had been doing in his ministry, walking around to different towns, and he's in between towns. He's traveling, and we're going to see some men encounter Jesus, and we're going to see how gratitude comes into it. Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Now on his way, talking about Jesus, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, what's interesting here, I mean, first know that Jesus is in between. Like I said, he's, he's traveling and he's between these two towns, Galilee, Samaria. He's on his way to Jerusalem, which he knows and we know. We know the end of the story of what awaits him in Jerusalem. So he's on his way. And as he's walking, he's kind of in this no man's land, quite literally, because these leper colonies would have to be on the outskirts of town. They could not be around. They could not be in the community and really lost their normal way of living. And as he's walking by these 10 men, and it says from a distance, because they couldn't get close because of the disease, they hollered at Jesus, 
They said, Jesus, and they called him master, so they, they knew the reputation of Jesus. Jesus, master, have pity on us. And what's fascinating to me in reading this is Jesus does something here that we don't really see in, in a lot of places in Scripture, in the Gospels. Usually when Jesus does a miracle, when he does a healing, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, he stops what he's doing and, and he maybe preaches or teaches to the crowd about what's happening. He'll, he'll maybe pull his disciples over and give them a teachable moment and explain what and why and how this is happening. You know, he, he usually interacts with the people that he's healing or talking with. He may even kneel. He may even touch them. He's very engaging with the crowds, with his disciples, and obviously with the people that he's healing. And what's interesting here is he doesn't do any of that. This is maybe his most nonchalant miracle he ever does. He's walking to Jerusalem. Ten men from a distance say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus, it almost feels like without stopping. It doesn't say, and he stopped, went over and talked with them. It says, on his way. So while walking, most likely, uh, go show yourselves to the priest. And he keeps going. There's no indication that he, he tells them anything else. He doesn't say, go show yourselves to the priest and you'll be healed. He doesn't talk about sins or the forgiveness of sins. He doesn't talk about him being the Messiah. He does that a lot in his other miracles. But in this one, as he was on his way and they reached out to him, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. That was it. Very nonchalant. But these 10 men had faith. They said, okay, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to have faith that it's going to heal us. And then scripture says at the end of verse 14, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now look what happens next. So verse 15. So Jesus apparently continues to keep going. These 10 with leprosy, they start walking towards the priest. And as they started traveling, that's when they were healed. And we'll pick it back up in verse 15. It says one of them. How many of them? And how many were there? 10. So one out of the 10, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and what's it say here? Thanked him. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And we talked about even the, the, the perspective differences between Samaritans and Jews last week, and so it makes a point here to even say, and he was a Samaritan. Now, what's, what we want to pay attention to here is kind of the chain of events, the when all of this happened. Jesus is walking along. He says, go show, your show, go show yourselves to the priest. Those 10, they do just that. They have the faith. So they start walking towards the priest. They have no, we have no idea of how long they had been walking. Doesn't tell us they walked 100 yards and then they were healed. They, they got halfway there and they discovered that they were healed. No, it just says, as they were walking, it says, as they were going. That's when they were cleansed. It says in verse 15 here, and then one of them, when, when he saw that he was cleansed, when he saw that he was healed, so however long he had been walking, as soon as he saw it, he had a choice. He had some choices. He had options. And I would think, man, if I'm in his place, as soon as I see that I'm healed, I'm like, why even bother go to the priest? I know the law, the legal part of it, the religious part of it. Yeah, whatever. I want to go see my family. I want to go see my wife. I want to go hug my kids. Because understand, when you had leprosy, you were completely an outcast. You were not allowed in, in part of your community. You lost your job. You lost your family. You lost your friends. All you had were the other people that had leprosy. And so as soon as this man was healed, he had to be thinking, where am I going to go first? Do I continue to go to the priest because I need to for the religious reasons? 
Do I go to my family? Do I go to my friends? Do I go back to my neighborhood or my community, people that I haven't seen in so long and I'm not allowed to associate with anymore? Do I run to them? That's probably what I would have done. And that's what the other nine did, is they noticed that they were cleansed, that they were healed, but they kept moving on to wherever they would want to go. But what's interesting is the one, when he saw he was healed, he came back. He went back to Jesus, and he was doing two specific things, praising God in a loud voice, and then he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and then he thanked him. And this one out of the 10, this one gives us a, a brilliant and perfect picture of true gratitude, true gratitude. And I don't mean like the thanks. I mean, because we all, parents especially, you get that. It's, it's the kids, you say, say thank you, and they say it, and then we reply, yeah, say it like you mean it. <laughs> and they say, well, I said thanks. Yeah, but I'm not sure you meant it. It was a fleeting thought. That's the way it kind of feels like from these other nine. That doesn't mean they weren't thankful. They just didn't come back to Jesus and show gratitude the way this one did. No, true gratitude requires two things. There's two components to it. It's a combination of both joy and humility. You got to have both. True and real authentic gratitude is a combination of both joy and humility. The joy we can obviously see here, and it makes perfect sense, right? He, I was a leper, then God, now I'm healed. The joy is obvious. He is healed. He, he's seen God do a miracle in his life in a very real and physical way. The joy is celebrating the then God, what God did. That's the joy. And that's easy to do sometimes. We can celebrate it and we're excited and, and, and we smile real big because of what had happened. But we often forget the humility part. It says, he was praising God in a loud voice. In verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was celebrating what had happened. I was a leper, then God, now I am healed. And he throws himself at Jesus' feet. See, the humility piece recognizes what was done, but it was done for me. That's how we approach with humility. We, we have the joy of what has happened, but the humility to recognize, well, that was done to me. That was done for me. We recognize that the person went out of their way for me, that that person did out of love and kindness for me. That's how we take the posture of humility. We celebrate and have the joy of what was done, the then God, but we also have to have the humility to say, man, he did that for me? This leper came back to Jesus and says, man, you could have healed anybody or you didn't even have to heal me. You're a busy man. Could have kept going on your way, but you healed me and I recognize that you did it for me. You did that in my life. We have to have both. Gratitude is both the humility side of it, the humble side of it, but also the joy. We have to have both. And this one leper, one out of the, the total of 10, is the only one to do just that. Look at how Jesus responds when he does that. Verse 17, here's Jesus' reply. Because we would think, again, you go back to the manners and, and being polite. If you say thank you, what's the right response? You're welcome. Yeah, Jesus is not very polite in this instance. Jesus said this in verse 17. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are all the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Remember, the one that came back was a Samaritan. Verse 19, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Jesus is obviously disappointed that the other nine did not come back. 
And again, I'm sure they were thankful, but they didn't come back and show the joy and the humility. They didn't show the thankfulness. They didn't show the gratitude like this man did. And Jesus calls it out and says, didn't 10 of you get healed? Didn't 10 of you use the word get cleansed? And only one is here. Only one came back. Now, what's What's very interesting is, is Jesus' choice of words throughout this story. When he said, he, he told him to go back to the priest, and he said, go to the priest um, and go show yourselves to the priest. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. And then here you have, uh, Jesus says, we're not all 10 cleansed. Jesus and scripture here are using that word cleansed. And if you study the word there, it means exactly what you think it would mean, cleansed, to clean. But then Jesus, at the very end, he says something to this one that came back that the other nine did not get to hear, that Jesus wasn't talking to them. When he said earlier, go to the priest, he's talking to all 10. But now he's just talking to the one and he says this, verse 19, then he said to him, talking about the one that came back, rise and go, your faith has made you, and do you remember what it said there? It wasn't has made you clean, it says your faith has made you well. Now, if you study that word, that root word is the same word we find throughout the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament where it speaks to Jesus coming to save the world. So what we see here is Jesus, because of this man's gratitude, it's not just about a physical healing anymore. Jesus is going deeper and said, because of your faith, rise and go, your faith has made you well. That's talking about a lot more than just his skin disease now. Rise and go because of your faith. And I'm going to touch your soul. I'm going to touch your heart. And the man that had the gratitude is the only one that got to hear that. Ten were healed. Ten were cleansed. Only one got to hear this from Jesus. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. Jesus touched his soul and not just his body. It was not just a fixed thing anymore. It was not just about fixing a problem. Now Jesus touches the very heart and soul of this man. So thank you goes beyond just being polite. It's not just good manners. There's something deeply spiritual about gratitude when it's done in the right way. Again, with both joy and humility. When we do it in the right way, when we hit time out and we pause and we thank God or we thank those around us, with joy and humility, and we show true and authentic gratitude, there is something very deep that happens in our soul, but also, I believe, for the other person. As Jesus reaches out to him and says, rise and go, your faith has made you well, it goes beyond what the other nine got. Something unique, something deep and meaningful happened between Jesus and this one man, and that opportunity happened because he came back and he said thanks, and he did it in the right way. Way. So the question we need to ask is, well, how do we live our lives more like that? And of course, we need to have good manners and be respectful and polite to the people around us. But how do we truly show gratitude like this one? Instead of the other nine, how do we become more like the one than these other nine? Three quick things for you that we find throughout here. First one is look for reasons to be thankful. Look for reasons to be thankful. Now for this one man here, it's, it's pretty easy to be thankful for that. I was a leper, then God, now I'm healed. That's a pretty obvious one. Now, unless you are a leper with a terrible skin disease and God's healed you from that, sometimes it takes a little bit more effort to find something to be thankful for, doesn't it? Because I'm telling you, and you know this, it's a lot easier to just look at the surface and to see everything that's wrong. 
right? It's, it's very easy to point out all that's wrong. But I'm telling you, it doesn't take any work just to point out what doesn't work or what's not working. That's very surfacy. And what tends to happen, if we don't look for something or look for a reason to be thankful and to show gratitude, we tend to just, because of our humanity, we bend this direction, which is all about complaining, <laughs> right? You either look for something to be thankful about or something to be grateful for, or you naturally will just complain about it. And those are two totally different levels. Very surfacy is all the complaints. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to find all that's wrong. It's easy to complain. In a lot of our situations, in a lot of our environments, a lot of our relationships, it takes us to a whole new level to find something to be thankful for. We have to look for reasons to be thankful. First Thessalonians in the New Testament says it this way. Three things. Verse 16 out of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians says, Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in, and a very important word here, give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice, rejoice always, pray continually, and then give thanks in all circumstances. Then he goes on, look at this, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I mean, that's a pretty profound statement. Rejoice all the time, pray all the time, and give thanks in all circumstances, in all situations. Why? Because that's God's will for your life. To rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks. So it sounds great. I mean, that's great preaching, but you want me to be thankful? You want me to find a way to be thankful? You want me to give thanks in all situations and circumstances, even the ones that are not good? According to scripture, yeah. What about those relationships that, man, it's just, man, we're wearing on each other. Give thanks in all circumstances. In all situations, in all circumstances, we have to get underneath just the surface complaints and look for what we can truly be thankful for because it's there. It's there. We may have to dig deep, but we can find, and God calls us to give thanks in all situations, in all circumstances. Look for reasons to be thankful. Second one, look for ways to show thanks. To show thanks. Once again, the, the other nine, we don't get any indication of exactly what they did, but we would make the assumption that they were thankful, right? They went from being lepers to now healed. Of course they were thankful, but we don't have an indication that they ever showed it to Jesus like the one that came back. My guess is they acted like most of us would. We're walking down the road just like they were instructed to. We're healed. Thank you, Jesus, wherever you're at, and then bolt and go to family, go to friends, go do the priest thing, and, and I'll pray later. But we don't take the time to stop and actually go and find the person, to stop in our life and then specifically say thank you to God for that moment. We have very short-term memories when it comes to then God. We're, like I said, we pray, 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 we work, 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 and then, then God happens and then we move on. The one was different because he did not move on until after he went back to Jesus to say thank you. The other nine quickly moved on with the rest of their day, the rest of their lives. Sure, they were thankful, but they didn't show thanks. We have to remember the pause and the comeback part. Remember the pause, remember to come back. We can't move on quite yet without showing thanks. Vocally, saying thanks is great, but how do we always show it? and in different ways to show it. 
uh, one of the ways that we just as a culture we see this is uh, I'm sure none of you have been in traffic around this area before. It, it's known to be, you know, a little congested at times. And I, when there's a long line of traffic and I'm trying to merge in, I'm at a stoplight or a yield sign or whatever, and there's a long line of traffic, I'm just praying eventually somebody will stop and give me the, the go-ahead. You know what I'm talking about? The flash the lights, the little go-ahead, they let you in the line of traffic. And we all know what we're supposed to do. You know, long line, somebody stops the rest of the traffic. They, they hit the brakes so that you can come in and get on with your day. And we're all supposed to do this. It's, there's, you're not going to find it in any driver's ed course. It's not in any book. But we all know what we do. What do you give the person behind you when they let you in? The wave. The five-finger wave. That's important. Make sure you give the five-finger wave. Yes, yeah, so you, you give them the wave, you, you pull out, and you give them the, hey, thanks, and, and you get to go on, and that's appreciated, right? It's, it was a way to show thanks. Now, you've probably been on the flip side of that, hopefully, where you're the one that hits the brakes and stops the long line of traffic and gives somebody else the, hey, the go-ahead. And I don't know if you've experienced this or not. It is, it's terrible. I mean, it's just straight-up terrible. You stop traffic, you let somebody in, and they don't give you the five-finger wave. No, they don't do anything. They just go on ahead, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Did you see what I just did? You would have been all the way back there. We, I mean, I, I do. I'll admit it. I get flustered and frustrated because I'm like, you couldn't just give me one of these? Just a real quick one of these? It wouldn't take any time at all. All you had to do was say thank you. We get upset when we don't receive that, do we? don't we? And you can tell them get a little worried. So if any of you see that blue pilot run around, make sure you do one of these if I let you in. Or I'm going to preach about you the next weekend. <laughs> Watch out. I'm everywhere. <laughs> Not as much as Jesus is, but still. We want that. We like to, to hear the thank you. We like to be shown gratitude. But it requires us to hit pause and to do it. Put yourself on the other side. In order to show thanks, we have to hit pause. Instead of just moving on, Hit pause and show thanks. Let me ask you a question. I think all of us have some of these people in our lives that when you look back, back over the course of your life, some way, somehow, they had a major part in, in shaping you, molding you, helping you in some way, in some way. And, and they probably don't know the significance of what, what they have done in your life because we so quickly just move on with the rest of our lives. Let me challenge you to go back and say thank you. So the question is, who is somebody that you need to go back to and say thank you? To just say, you don't know, but the timing of what you said was perfect. I needed to hear that. Thank you. You don't know how much that little help, how big of a deal that was to me. Thank you. You don't know that, that how you directed me, of how that would lead and change the course of my life. Thank you. We all have at least one person that maybe we haven't actually said thank you to, but we need to. And they would not know the, the drastic impact they've had in our life unless we would hit pause, go back with joy and humility, and say thanks. So be thinking, who is somebody you can go back to, you need to go back to, and say thank you to? We're going to practice that right now. I know that's a shocker that we would actually practice Scripture in church. This is usually, you're supposed to practice out of church. We're actually going to do it in church today. So here's what I want you to do. This side of the room, you're going to have to help me out. In your cup holders are thank you cards. It looks just like this. So reach in there, and you're going to pass them down the row. If nobody's on this far end, then whoever's closest, go over there, grab the stack, pass them all the way down. You should all have them. There should be enough for everybody in your row. 
Grab your thank you card. Grab you a pen that's right there in the cup holder. I'm going to do this with you. We're going to hit pause of, doing, of, of being part of church, and we're actually going to do what Scripture tells us to do, and we're going to be thankful. And here's exactly who these are going to go to. Uh, we've all been celebrating, obviously, that this is our last Sunday in the movie theater. And you need to know, the last three years, plus a little over three years, the, the manager, Molly, her staff here at the movie theater have been phenomenal. I mean, they're running their organization and their business, and then we pop in here on Sundays and we just wreck it all. <laughs> and they have been wonderful. They have been so helpful, so accommodating. Uh, I mean, I, can't, I could go on and on and on to tell you the reasons why they have been so wonderful for us. And so I thought, instead of me just saying thank you to them, you, you've probably never met Molly. Um, you, you've probably never met Noah. Noah's the guy that is here almost every Sunday morning before any of us show up. He shows up before anybody else. He's the one that unlocks the building. He's the one that gets us set. He's the one that when I hear all the complaints on the communication cards about it being too hot and too cold, I go and talk to Noah. He deals with all of that. He is wonderful. And, and we just want to say thanks. So we're going to pause our service, and we're all going to just write a thank you note to the theater staff. If you want to write it specifically to Molly, she's the manager, or Noah, he's the, the, the shift that gets up early, or just the theater staff in general, uh, we're going to collect these, and then after service, I'm going to go and hand them to hand them to the theater staff just so that they know how thankful we are, a small way to show our thanks. Does that make sense? All right, so I'm going to stop talking, and we're actually going to do this. So let's write our thank you notes. Whenever you finish, if you'll just pass them all the way down, and then whoever's on this last row, we're going to collect them from you, and then um, I'll take them all, and then I'll deliver these to our theater staff. So you're welcome to keep writing, but as you finish, just make sure they get all the way down. Um, our guest services team, they're going to be grabbing those and collect them so I can take those to them as well. Let me keep going, but you keep writing, finish your thank you notes. It's fine if you're moving around. Let me give you this one last. So we've got look for reasons to be thankful, look for ways to show thanks, and the last one is don't allow or don't hinge your kindness to their thankfulness. Let me say that again. Don't hinge your thankful or your kindness rather to their thankfulness. And what that means is don't always expect a thank you. And don't allow your kindness to go away when you don't get the thank you. Look at Jesus here. Jesus healed a hundred percent of these 10, right? A hundred percent were healed. 90% did not come back and say thank you. So if you're expecting more than a 10% return on people appreciating you, you're expecting to get better results than Jesus. Not really sure that's always going to happen. <laughs> so be okay when you get one here and there. When you're getting the 5%, the 10% to say thank you. Just because you're doing the right thing doesn't always mean people are going to recognize that and say thank you. Be okay with that and keep doing what's right. Keep doing what's right, even though we've got all the reasons in the world to not do it. Well, they're not going to appreciate it. They're not going to say thanks. I'm busy. I mean, we've got every excuse. Let's keep doing what's right and not allow our kindness to be determined by their thankfulness. One last thing, and we're going to do something kind of special together one last time here in the theater, is uh, if, if you paid attention, there's this theme of thanks. We see it throughout the Old Testament, right here in the New Testament, it was a story of this leper coming back and saying thanks. That word that he used there, thanks, originally, uh, that's the word that we now use, Eucharist. Original Eucharisto is now the English word Eucharist, which is translated communion. And so when we say communion, literally, we're saying thanks. Word for word, that's what it means. Communion literally means thanks. And we get that because that's what Jesus used. A couple chapters over in Luke, Luke 22, Jesus says this. 
He's meeting with his disciples. Now he's gotten to Jerusalem. It says here in verse 19, And he took bread, gave thanks, there's that word, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Communion is one of the ways where we hit pause, we stop, and we thank God for the then-God moment that changed our eternity. I mean, it, the thanks is well beyond just thanks for the three years in the theater, thanks for the more life change we've gotten to be part of. No, it is thank you for saving me. And so what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to take communion together one last time here in the movie theater to say thank you, to remember the sacrifice he made for each and every one of us, and that his promises are still true, his faithfulness remains. So right there in your cup holders, you'll find our uh, little elements for communion. The top is the wafer that represents Jesus's body that was broken for us. The juice represents Jesus's blood that was poured out for us, or as he says, that represents his new covenant with us to save us. And as the team comes up, the band's going to come up, we're gonna, they're going to lead us in one more song. May this be a time of gratitude. Remember with joy, thankful for the then God moment of the cross, but with humility, recognizing that he did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for the entire world. So with joy and with humility, may we be thankful for the then God moment that has changed every one of our lives.